welcome to the Queen's Church Sermon Podcast. Our church is being built on two vision statements. Jesus is our passion and love is our mission. We hope this message leads you to Jesus and that next week you'll join us in person to experience God's love through this local church. You can follow us online at qns.church. It's so awesome to look out and see a one-third filled, responsibly, social distanced, masked crowd. So I can see in your eyes that you're smiling. Just make sure that if you amen, you say it loud enough because I can't see the quiet, silent amens today when you just say amen under your breath, which usually I can see your lips. But today, you're going to have to say it loud. Amen? Amen. There we go. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. I know that the church is not a building, right? We know that the church is people. But haven't we learned over the last seven months how important it is for the people of God to gather in person and how we've missed that and how the tears in this room during worship tonight are evidence of the fact that we are grateful to be back together again. So thankful uh, for Emmanuel Baptist Church letting us use their space. Um, I know we have some growing pains, but hey, this time is going more smoothly than last time did. Amen. Uh, Daniel chapter 10 is where I will turn our attention today. Uh, Pastor Boto, who was blessed by Pastor Boto's message last week? Yeah, a great friend of mine out in Jackson Heights um, uh, preached on Daniel chapter 9 as we continue this series, Fearless. Now, next week, we'll close this series, and I'll give us a quick recap. Um, But just a reminder where we've gone, it's basically that because God is who he says he is, we can live fearlessly in a world that oftentimes is shifting and shaking underneath our feet. And in a, inside, we can live fearlessly inside of our own minds, which are oftentimes shifting and changing the script on us, right? So today we're going to talk about how we are fearless when we get in the battle. Everybody say, get in the battle. If you're watching this online, I'm sorry, this is the first time I'm addressing you. But see, that's what it's like when you preach to real people. It's hard to remember that there's a camera. But you can type that in the chat, get in the battle. Um, Today we're going to talk about how diving into prayer, which is what Pastor Boto spoke on last week, is a battle. When we get into prayer, it's not just, um, thank you, God, for all you've done. Please bless me more. Amen. And hang up the phone. That's not the extent of prayer. And in fact, we're going to see here that Daniel gets involved in some pretty serious prayer. And when he does, he is in the midst of a conflict, a war, a battle is going on. So prayer is not just talking to God or or just conversing with the Almighty. We're joining God in a battle that rages on in the spirit realm. Behind what we see in our lives. Um, so my point about the battle is not to dramatize the truth, right? I don't mean that you need to be prepared to take up arms every time you ask God to bless your meal. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But it is true that when we pray, we are doing something to activate the Spirit of God to fight on our behalf. And if we're not, what's the point of prayer anyway? Right? If, if you didn't need to ask God for help with something going on outside of your control, then why would you pray? 
See, the point is we are praying because we're recognizing we cannot do this on our own. We can't defeat this enemy. We can't defeat this anxiety. We can't overcome our fears on our own. So we're asking God to war, to go to war in our minds, in our souls, and in our land. Um, after all, when um, what threat to the enemy, thinking about battle terms, is an apathetic soldier? Could you imagine... I mean, I know warfare is different these days, but could you imagine a, 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 a soldier in the midst of a battle sitting down in a foxhole? Do they still do foxholes? No, right? Maybe in, in the trenches every now and then. Sitting there, uh, surfing Facebook. The battle is going on, and there's a soldier on Instagram. Or shooting TikToks. Shooting, no pun intended. An apathetic soldier is useless in the battle, right? So... There's no threat to the enemy from an apathetic soldier. And, and I think what we might learn today is that sometimes we go into prayer as apathetic soldiers. We get in the trenches in prayer, but we're acting like someone just chilling on, on Facebook or we're just shooting TikToks up to God, wondering if he's going to double tap or not. And what we need to see from God's word today is that when Daniel devotes himself to the service of God through prayer, devotes himself to the service of God through prayer and fasting, he is doing it on behalf of the salvation of his people and the rebuilding of God's city, Jerusalem. So let's set the scene. Throughout much of, because we're not going to read the whole chapter tonight, but, but I encourage you to do so on your own. Throughout much of Daniel so far, the people of God have been exiled, right? You know, God's chosen people, Israel. They were exiled from their land, from the city of God, Jerusalem, into the city of man, Babylon. Right? And now they've gone through all the different shifting kings. You remember? Somebody name one of the kings we've, we've heard about in Daniel so far. Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, what's another one? Darius. That's right. Belshazzar. Remember him? We're going to meet a new one here named Cyrus in a moment. Um, so they're exiled, and this vision comes, even though it's not the last chapter, this is the latest vision that Daniel records chronologically. And what ha when it happens, Daniel is now old age. Remember, he was young and ripe to be taken into enemy land, to be lifted up and trained when he came. Now many decades have passed, and he's an old man. And the city of Jerusalem has had its inhabitants return. But the city has been what? Do you know? The city has been destroyed. The walls have been torn down. If you've ever read the book of Nehemiah in the Bible, or Ezra in the Bible, or Jeremiah, these are all contemporaries of Daniel. So when you hear, ne uh, when you hear Nehemiah pray, uh, pleading on, to his king saying, please send me back and let me go rebuild my city. That's the same time that this is going on in Babylon for Daniel. So those things are happening at the same time. And let's look right now at how Daniel goes into battle in prayer for his people. Read with me the first few verses of chapter 10. It says this. In the third year of Cyrus, this is the new king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel, who was named Belteshazzar. Remember, his name was changed by the king, Nebuchadnezzar. And the word was true, and it was of a great conflict. And he, understand the he understood the word, praise God. I'm sure Daniel was thankful for a vision that he could understand, right? After all the visions he's had that have been so confusing. He understood the word, and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. 
Does that sound familiar to us? This is what he did when he first came to Babylon. Remember that? He didn't, he didn't eat the king's meat or drink the king's wine, and he said, test us for 10 days and see, if, see who looks better. He devoted himself to God in that time, and he's doing so in a very similar way now. And on the 24th day of the first month, this is the beginning of Passover, I was standing on the bank of the great river that is the Tigris, and I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, which is a fine gemstone. His face like the appearance of lightning. His eyes were flaming torches. His arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze. And the sound of his words were like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision. Why? But a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. We got any of Daniel's friends in the house today? If you see that, you're out. <laughs> you're like, God can come get me if he wants me that bad, but I'm not staying around for a man with lightning in his eyes and a multitude as his voice. So he was left alone. I was left alone, and I saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I re retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. Behold, a hand touched me, and it sent me trembling on my hands and knees, and he said to me, O oh, Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you, and stand upright, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up, trembling. Church, when Daniel is in need, when he is on his face because of fear, God comforts Daniel. If you want to take notes tonight or type some into your phone, that's the first thing I want you to write down. Because sometimes the only way we can live fearless in the battle is to know that we have a comforter. And God comforts Daniel. Now, let's look, though, into what was happening in Daniel's life in those first 12, uh, 11 verses before this man reached out and touched Daniel and comforted him. During this time of intense spiritual warfare and troubling news about his homeland, Daniel was staying battle-ready. Everybody say, battle-ready. When we stay battle-ready... We are in a place where God can come to us and comfort us. How did he do that? He stayed battle-ready through fasting. Let's do a quick poll. I want to know if anyone has ever fasted from someone before. This is a, a, a different type of spiritual discipline that we don't talk about a lot in the church. Although, uh, David and I were talking a few weeks ago, we have a whole series, and we're going to be talking about fasting next year. So who has tried to fast out before? Go ahead and raise your hand. So what we hope is, you can put your hands down. By next year, after we do this series, everyone can raise their hand and say, I've tried that out. Listen to a few reasons real quick. This isn't a sermon on fasting, but this is a point on fasting, okay? What is fasting? Fasting is when we deny ourselves the frivolous things of this earth so that we can train our souls to be fulfilled and to take pleasure in God. So notice what Daniel fasted from. He didn't do, you can do a fast where you uh, uh, omit all food and all you drink is water. Jesus did that, right, in the wilderness for 40 days. 
in the New Testament. But Daniel didn't do that. What he fasted from was things that taste good. So whatever you're going to order on Grubhub tonight, not that. He fasted from those things. He fasted from wings. He fasted from pizza. He fasted from spaghetti. I mean, I don't really like spaghetti, but I know a lot of people are all about it. But see, I'm getting bad looks from the front. But it's cool to get looks because we're preaching to real people. This isn't normal. Um, So he's fasting from these fine things, and he's eating very basic food. And his point is to say, God, let me be reminded that although I enjoy these great things that you have made for me, I'm in a time of vexation in my soul. And I need you to come to me. So I'm going to set aside these things that I want and that I love. And God, I am pleading with you to meet with me. He was staying battle ready. This is what a soldier does when he goes to, uh, to boot camp, right? The soldier goes to boot camp. And at, at boot camp, they're not eating McDonald's double cheeseburgers. I've never been to boot camp, but I have heard. I know someone who wants to go right now. I'm not sure why. But boot camp ain't no joke. You don't get delicacies in boot camp. But why do they do that? Why would a soldier prepare herself for battle by going to boot camp and laying down the things that they want? It's because they're trying to prepare their body. They want their mind to be sharp. They want their muscles to be strong. They want their wits to be about them. And they know that, you know, greasy, fatty, sugary foods make us sluggish. So they're going to let those things go away. That's what, David, that's what Daniel is doing here. So that is what fasting is, with a purpose of being fulfilled with the Lord. Why should we fast, though? We fast to gain spiritual insight into something that we are not seeing well. Or something that we're having trouble thinking of in a gospel-centered way. In other words, hit a, hit a brick uh, wall in your relationship, and you think it's their fault, and they think it's your fault. And you're going to God, and you're saying, change their mind. You want to raise your hands about who's been to that one before? (laughs) Some of y'all are bold. When you're at that place, when you're right and they're right, and, and you're at a standstill, that's a great time to fast. Why? Because you are having a hard time seeing things in a gospel-centered way. And so you say, I'm going to lay aside these, these things that I love and want, God, and I'm going to ask you to come speak. Give me wisdom and insight that I'm not seeing well. That's what Daniel's doing here. When should we fast? Well, we learn from Daniel here that one important time to fast is when we are mourning or we have received terrible or stressful news. I know you think, I couldn't have made it an entire 2020 with fasting, but I feel like based on that description, that's when I needed to fast because <laughs> I've been receiving terrible news and I've been mourning real loss. Some of you have mourned and grieved real loss this year. And what Daniel's pointing us to is the, the fact that in those times when our physical bodies and our minds and our hearts are just overwhelmed and we cannot, we do not have answers. Fasting is a way to connect with God that is different from our regular everyday life. That's when we fast. In the New Testament, Jesus fasted in preparation for temptation. Have you ever thought, I'm about to be tempted. Let me fast to prepare myself. I'm not going to go ahead and put people on blast and mention the sins that might be tripping you up, but there are some times when you know you're going into a situation where you're going to be tempted, right? Amen? Can we agree on that? Temptation does not always sneak up on us. Sometimes you knew about it that morning. You knew it was coming. 
what did Daniel teach us? Hey, when, or Jesus teach us, when temptation's coming on the horizon, fasting is a way to prepare our hearts for that temptation. That's a time that we can fast. Um, fasting can happen in different times for different reasons. And in, like I said, in 2021, we're going to teach on the depth, more in depth on that. But right now, let's see that Daniel is fasting because of anxiety and confusion in these troubling times. He wants to gain knowledge from God and join his brethren in their fight for a new Jerusalem. You know, during this past week, a new gaming console dropped. Anybody know what it was? PlayStation 5, PS5, that's right. It's a game changer, apparently. I'm not a gamer, although my kids are getting into it a lot, but I do remember when the Xbox dropped, and I remember how exciting that was for me. So I'm guessing that's about how people who want a PS5 are feeling right now, times 100. Before it hit the shelves, though, you know what people were doing, even in the midst of COVID? What'd they do? They lined up around the block, right, to try to get a copy. They wanted to get one of the first systems off the shelves because they know that after that first rush, it's hard to find. Unless you want to pay 300 bucks over retail on StockX, right, which is a resale website. Nope, is right. But listen, my point in, in talking about the PlayStation 5 and what great links people will go to to find it is that we will go to great links for things that we desire. When we want something, we'll camp out at Best Buy overnight, some of us. Some of y'all are saying those people are fools. Well, y'all can reconcile in the back after church. But there is something that you also, right, even if it's not the PS5, there's something you're willing to go to great lengths for. And the question we want to wrestle with, based on what we see Daniel going through and the fast that he did is, what lengths are you willing to go to to meet with God? Again, my point is not to over-dramatize this and to say, you must fast in order to have a meeting with God. We know, and you hear it clearly today, that is not true according to Scripture, okay? Jesus comes to you and he meets you. Sometimes he does it when you least expect it. However, we can see a thread throughout all of Scripture where when people were in specific situations that they knew they needed to meet with God, they were willing to go to great lengths to do it. Even Jesus himself in the wilderness So I want to ask us today, I want to ask myself, when am I, sorry, what lengths am I willing to go to in order to meet with God? Let me read verse 12 again. This being who is angelic in nature, and most scholars believe this is a theophany. A theophany is a a picture, an appearance of Jesus Christ before Jesus Christ ever stepped foot on the earth. So this is, and it comes in a vision Scholars believe that based on Revelation chapter 1, that this is Jesus, this is the, the resurrected Jesus appearing to Daniel here. And look at what happens. Verse 12, he says to Daniel, fear not. Jesus said that a few times throughout his earthly ministry too, didn't he? Fear not. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. Say, I have been heard. You have been heard by God, church, and I have come because of your words. So here's the next point. The first one, if you didn't get it, was God comforts Daniel. The next one is that God shows up for Daniel. God shows up for Daniel. God hears his words, 
And being heard is a vital part of a human relationship, just as it is a vital part of our relationship with God. When God shows up, he brings peace that dispels the fear. But we see that God didn't just show up. Before God showed up, he said, because you humbled yourself and set your heart to understand, your words have been heard. Daniel's posture before God in prayer should be of great focus right here. His posture in prayer. And I want to ask us today, what is your posture of prayer? What is my posture of prayer? Am I coming to God in humility, desiring to listen and understand what God wants? Or am I coming feeling entitled with a desire that I want to get what I want? I'll answer it for myself. Generally speaking, my prayers are focused on me. I'm coming to God feeling like he should answer my prayer. And then when I ask him, I'm expecting to hear him say yes to me. Because to me, the only answer that's right is yes when I ask for something. Right? But see, that's not how Daniel comes to God. That's not where God meets Daniel, in fact. In fact, this being, whether it is the, the uh, post-incarnate, resurrected Jesus, or just an angelic being like the angel Michael or Gabriel, whoever it is, this being is sent by God to Daniel to bring comfort, listen, because of Daniel's posture in prayer. We need to check our posture. What is your posture in prayer? Is it of an entitled, entitled person expecting God to give you something that you deserve? Or is it simply in humility and with a heart to understand? You know the difference. You know when you're praying because you you're confused by God and you're not attacking him for letting you be confused. You're just asking him, God, show me, show me what I should do here. I, I don't feel like I have a clear answer for you. That's a heart that's seeking to understand. Church, we got to check our posture. Are we being humble and seeking to understand God in our prayers? But look at verses 18 and 19. Fast forward a few verses. And again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man greatly loved, fear not, peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And he spoke as he spoke to me. I was strengthened, and I said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Church, when God comes to us, it's not just that he gives us comfort. When God comes to Daniel right here, he gives him courage. He gives him strength in an instant. Have you ever experienced that before? You were feeling timid and shy or scared about something, or maybe you felt too weak to do it in your physical body or in your mind. And in an instant, you felt like you could do it. Here's how it happens for me usually. When I, I, words of affirmation uh, speak to my soul. When someone affirms me, it feels good. Anyone else like that? Yeah, a lot of hands shot up real fast. It's okay, you can admit that. It's just not okay to rely on that, right? But it's okay to admit it. It's okay to know that about yourself. So listen to what happens if I feel like I can't do something. Uh, the other day we were um, pulling up the floors in our house. We were only going to pull up a couple of tile floors and replace them. 
But we stepped and felt a hole. Well, the holes are not good in floors. I don't know if you have floors at your house, but you're not supposed to have holes in them. So we started pulling up more, and I was uh, with my friend Johnny. He was helping me. This was like at 9 o'clock at night and after a long day. And we pulled it up, and it just came up with ease. And you know, some of you know what happened next because you saw it on Lindsay's Instagram, but we found termites in the floor. Another thing you're not supposed to have in your floor, termites. But they get there sometimes. And in that moment, I was completely defeated. I mean, I sat down, and I just... I was just overwhelmed. I was defeated. I, was, I couldn't do it mentally, and I didn't feel like doing it physically. And Johnny, though, who knows how I work, he goes, it's all got to come up. Let's go. And he just grabbed the crowbar, and he just started going at it. And I was like, hold on. We got to, like, let's see where it goes. And he interrupted. He's like, it's got to go. It's termites. You can't leave termites. What are you going to do? You're going to leave the termites on your floor? It's got to come up. Take it up. All of it. I'm like, what if we do it tomorrow? <laughs> and he's like, we already got it. But you know what? Because of his strength in the moment, I stood up. We pulled up all the floor that night. And then the next day, we found more termites and pulled up that floor too. But that's another story. But the point was, strength came in an instant. Why? Because someone was there that was with me who had a better perspective on it, and they just encouraged me, and, and that's how strength came to me. Church, this is what happens to Daniel. He is defeated, and God comes to him and just gives him strength in an instant. So if you think it's impossible, think about the times in your human life when you've done that. And then imagine that it's not Johnny standing there next to you trying to give you strength, but it's God Almighty himself. He can strengthen you in an instant when you feel weak. God's word gives us that courage. It gives us that strength. Be strengthened by the word of the Lord today. But finally, church, we cannot take prayer lightly. And the reason is because God doesn't only do these things for Daniel. Amen? This is not a story about Daniel and the sermon is over. Don't you guys love how God showed up for Daniel and God comforted Daniel and he strengthened him? Be blessed. That's not the whole point. That's not the end of the story, church, because God shows up and God comforts you. So the last point is that. God comforts you and God shows up for you. You know, what Michael this angel who came to him second was to Israel of old, continuing to come and announce and give strength and courage and meet with God's people. What, what the angel Michael was to Israel, Jesus is to you. When Michael came to Israel and pronounced good tidings of great joy that shall be for all the people, he was saying, my time is done. I'm not the one that comes and comforts who God chooses every now and then anymore. And I'm not just for Israel. I'm, I'm sending, God is sending one named Jesus who is for Israel and for everyone else. And because of Jesus, we are comforted by him. We are strengthened by him and we are given courage by him. Uh, uh, you don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but l listen real fast to John chapter 14. John chapter 14 says this. This is Jesus speaking, okay, in verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Say forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, you know him. For he dwells with you. And he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. 
I will not leave you as orphans. That's good news for us. I will come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You will live also. In that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And listen to this. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. God comforts you. God strengthens you. God loves you. He does what happened in Daniel 10. He sees you and touches you. And when God touches you in the person of Jesus Christ, you are never the same again. And then here's what Jesus does. He said, I, when, you, when you get touched by me and you get overwhelmed by me, and, and I, by the way, I'm going to live forever because I'm raised from the dead. And if I'm living, you're living. He says that right here. If I'm alive, you're alive. He says, you're going to have that life. And watch, I'm even going to do you more. Hey, God the Father. Will you send them someone who is even greater than me that can give them comfort while I am away? And Jesus ascends to heaven and the Holy Spirit falls at Pentecost. And when that Holy Spirit falls down, the Holy Spirit fills and indwells believers, reminding us constantly of the love that God has for us. Picture the Holy Spirit sometimes. Picture the Holy Spirit like a hype man in the corner in a boxing ring. That's who the Holy Spirit is. You're in the battle and you're getting defeated. This falls apart a little bit theologically because he doesn't let you go in the ring by yourself. But forget about that for a second. And when you come out of the battle and you're tired and you're bloodied and you're sweating and you need water, the Holy Spirit sticks the water and just shoves it in your mouth. He patches up your bloody areas and he massages your shoulders and he says, let's get back in the game. There is more to do. Church, God is comforting you and showing up for you in the person of Jesus. And Jesus is doing that by sending, by asking God to send you the Holy Spirit. Just as Daniel, just as God called Daniel into battle, and while those around him fled, don't ignore that little part of chapter 10. I know I kind of skipped over it. But some people left. They didn't see the vision. They took off because they were scared. When those people fled, though, and he was alone, like you might feel alone today, he was met by God in that difficult place. God has a habit of beating people in difficult places. So if you're in a difficult place tonight, or watching this online tomorrow, if you're in a difficult place, you are in the prime real estate to be met by God. Humble yourself. Seek understanding from him, and Jesus will meet you. This calling that Jesus gives to us, it comes with a promise. The calling that Jesus gives us to, to go and love others like we say at Queen's Church, Jesus is our passion and love is our mission, that calling comes with a promise. And that promise is that God will not leave you behind in the battle. And I'll close with this. The victory has already been secured. It's not easier to be a soldier in the midst of a real battle when you know the outcome, it's not easier. But it is more secure. And it does give you hope that although the enemy may rage and storm about you, your future is secure. Because of that, we can get in the battle. Jesus comforts you. He sees you. And he shows up for you. Let's pray.
Father. We are humbled by these true words. Uh, It's humbling for me to preach the fact that Jesus shows up for me because I know the sin. I know the sin that's in my life. I know what I've been saved from. And so it's shocking news that you give up so much on our behalf. And Father, I pray that you would remind each and every person in this room tonight, each and every person watching this online on Sunday and after, that not only does God love them, but God is in the battle fighting with them, and he will show up for them. So Father, I thank you that you show up for us. Would we remain secure in you through our faith in Jesus, in your name, amen. Church, as we transition now to a time of baptism and and singing as we close our service out, I want to invite you to be thinking on these things. These people that are getting baptized today are proclaiming to God and everyone that they are saved, right? Their, their, Their past is gone and their future is in front of them. And I want to give you the opportunity as well, whether you're watching this online or here in person, that if you have never trusted Jesus as your Savior and stepped out in faith to proclaim Him as your Lord, I want to give you the opportunity to do that tonight. So you can just pray while this baptism is happening, uh, happening in a minute or when we're singing this song, which is the gospel, has the gospel in it. Just cry out to God and say that you want him to save you, that you put your faith in him. I love you, church. I love you, online church, too. And uh, we hope to see you next time we do this COVID-depending. <laughs>